Well, if you're a college softball fan, this is your time of year. Super Regionals getting underway this weekend. We have three Big 12 teams in the mix, Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I'm Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. It's good to be here. Hit that subscribe button as we get the show going. And let's welcome on a guy who knows this sport as well as anybody. Um, Does an outstanding job, of course, for us at heartlandcollegesports.com and also hosts the Portal podcast, uh, which you should be downloading and subscribing to wherever you get your podcasts. That is the Portal podcast. Find it iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Clinton joins us here on the show. All right, Brian, we got three Big 12 teams to the Super Regionals. Uh, Is that what you expected? Were you getting greedy? Did you want four? How did you see this playing out? Well, I really wanted four, um, and, I, and I thought that we were going to get. I, I thought we were going to get four, but um, the da- the same team that showed up uh, in, in Oklahoma City with Baylor showed up in in Salt Lake. They just didn't really look like themselves from what we had kind of gotten used to during the regular season. And uh, yeah, they they just they kind of floundered and and uh, didn't end up being what we hoped that they would. And Utah ended up coming out of the Salt Lake region, so. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about the three teams that are in it. I do think that each of them have a really, really good shot of making it to Oklahoma City, and they certainly landed in some fun re- uh, super regional matchups. Uh, they did, and let's just go through those super regional matchups. If you just had to rank them uh, based on entertainment, you look at these super regionals, just entertainment-wise for the three Big 12 super regionals, what do you think are the most entertaining in order and why? I think that you got to start with Tennessee versus Texas. And the reason I say that, Texas definitely felt like they were slighted for being the 13 seed. You didn't have to look very far when you looked at the reaction. They, they weren't happy about landing that seed. They dominated the Austin region last weekend. And now they're headed to Knoxville, which is not an easy place to play. But I do like the talent that Texas has on that squad. They're young, and they have struggled on the road at times. But I do think that Texas has – intangibles to really just make Tennessee work really hard for this super regional. And I think that it starts there. Um, secondly, we're going to, we're going to go to Stillwater and what a team Oregon has become here over the last week. I mean, they just absolutely dominated Arkansas in the Fayetteville regional. And now we look at uh, them heading to Stillwater and taking on Kenny Gajewski. I wasn't really sold on on Oklahoma State with a six seed in the tournament whenever it was announced, but consider me a firm believer that they've turned things around. They they looked fantastic last week. They they kind of exercised their demons, if you will, against Wichita State, and then they had to come from behind win against Nebraska. And so I think that, uh, that Oklahoma State certainly turned things around and with a red-hot Oregon team. That should be a really fun Super Regional. And, and last but definitely not least um, – Oklahoma and Clemson will play in Norman. And look, Oklahoma's the best team in the country. Uh, they proved that last weekend in their in their regional matchup. And Clemson is probably the best 16 seed I think I've seen come through the tournament in a couple of years. Um, with what Valerie, Valerie Cagle has going on uh, for Clemson in the circle, I think that she presents a unique opportunity uh, or a unique challenge, if you will, against Oklahoma. But uh, she did pitch 198 pitches in 17 innings this last weekend so she may not be at her best and uh, that's not necessarily what you want whenever you're going up against 
the best batting lineup in the country in Oklahoma. It's not. Now, um, Brian, missing here is obviously number two UCLA. A stunning, stunning upset last week in regionals. So who is the second best team in the country right now uh, behind Oklahoma? I'm going to go with the Florida State Seminoles. We saw Catherine Sandercock throw a perfect game against South Carolina, who made the SEC championship just a week before and was really playing good softball. And for, for her to shut them down in an if-necessary game uh, and send the Seminoles to the Super Regionals, it was it spoke volumes for me. And I think that the offense that Florida State has is certainly good enough to give Oklahoma a challenge, but I think the pitching is where it starts. And you've got to have a really strong uh, bullpen as well, which, which Florida State has that behind Sander Cox. So I think Florida State's probably where you have to look for the second-best team in the country right now. And behind them – I'm actually going to go with Stanford, uh, who is a nine seed. Um, just with what I saw from Stanford last weekend, they played Florida, and I looked at that to be a, a very uh, competitive matchup. Stanford made sure that it wasn't. They outscored Florida last week 19-2 to over two games, and they just they really took advantage of having home field there. And, and I think that they should have probably been – uh, more than deserving of, of having super regionals to host, but but they didn't. So with them having some sort of chip on their shoulder, I think Stanford might be another team to watch in the tournament. All right. So if we're all you know saying this is Oklahoma's tournament to lose, um, you look at the other two Big Twelve teams: Oklahoma State uh, taking on Oregon, and then of course you mentioned as well, and as we've been talking about Texas and Tennessee. Do you feel good about both of those teams reaching Oklahoma City? You mentioned early on that you think it's highly possible we have three Big 12 teams in Oklahoma City, but Texas is a 13 seed, Tennessee's the four seed, and then uh, Oklahoma State's going up against what you called one of the hottest teams in the country in Oregon. So of those two series, which one do you feel better about and why? I think I feel better about uh, Oklahoma State taking on Oregon, and that's because of the home field advantage. I mean, postseason is just different whenever it comes to a feel for the crowd, and for, for Oklahoma State to have the home crowd behind them in Stillwater, I think that's a huge advantage for the folks. And don't get me wrong, Oklahoma State's had their issues uh, recently, but but they turned things around in a big way last weekend, and I really like for them to continue that success going into this week. And the, and the other reason why I like them is because Texas drew a Tennessee team that has Ashley Rogers, who is one of the best pitchers in the country, and they also have the national home run leader in Kiki Milloy leading the offense. She's got 25 bombs on the year, and she's hitting over 430. So uh, that offense with Tennessee is, is definitely capable of giving Texas some issues, and Texas's youth is probably the biggest concern for me out of the three teams left in the Big 12. Um, they've got several freshmen that are playing impact positions. And while they all made the freshmen um, all Big 12 team, I, I just don't know how, how much I trust them heading into a postseason situation on the road in Knoxville with the number four seed in the country. So mm. it's a little tougher for me to see Texas making it, but, but I think they have a, a shot, just maybe not as good as Oklahoma State. Okay, now Oklahoma State and Texas, and I'm not trying to overlook Oklahoma, but I, I just, well, I guess I am in some ways. But before we get to the other two teams again, like, what does Clemson make the pitch, Brian? How does Clemson win this series against an OU team 
that has lost one game that is on the verge of breaking Arizona's winning streak record from 1997. Like, what do you say if you're making the case for Clemson to win that series? Well, it has to start and it has to end with Valerie Cagle. She's their best player. Um, she is a finalist for the USA Softball Player of the Year. And she throws a lot of dropping balls down into the bottom of the uh, strike zone. And I think that that can keep Oklahoma in the field. But it's going to take an absolutely monstrous performance from her. And the thing is, is, is we're going to have to see them probably win game one so that she can rest game two and force a game three. And so I, I think if, if Clemson's going to get it done, it has to start with a win on Friday because you have to have Kegel fresh and ready to go on Sunday. Having her throw back-to-back games is just not uh, something that you want if you're a Clemson Tiger fan. And at the end of the day, I mean, they do have a great staff behind her, but the the talent drops off, and you need to be able to have your best arm at their best playing Oklahoma. And for them to do that, they're going to have to jump out and get the Sooners on Friday. All right. Now the other two, um, the weaknesses that concern you, we'll start with Oklahoma State and then Texas. What is the weakness for each team that worries you going into this matchup? Well, we saw Oregon just rip off absolutely crazy stats on the offensive side of the ball uh, against uh, against Arkansas and Fayetteville. They, they scored 11 and 14, and I haven't seen Oklahoma State's offense play at that level in quite some time. Now, they're capable of it. They have the bats. We've seen them do it uh, earlier in the season, but it's just been that's what's been the biggest issue for Oklahoma State has been their offense. Their pitching staff's been strong throughout, and I'll even go as far as to say Rachel Becker has been good, but behind that, Oklahoma State's offense has been um, a little patchy from, from time to time. So uh, I just they can't let their bats go cold. If, if the bats go cold in Stillwater for Oklahoma State, they're going to be in a world of trouble because Oregon is going to put some runs up. Uh, it's just a matter of how many. I think they can limit Oregon to a few, but uh, Oklahoma State's definitely going to have to uh, get the bats going. And the good news is that the, the Ducks have struggled in the circle this season. They've got a 2-6 ADRA on the, on the season, which is good for about 60th nationally. So um, I think Oklahoma State has the opportunity, and they have the bats. They just need to make sure that they get going. Okay. And then for Texas, mm-hmm. Texas is the is the youth. Uh, it just those postseason environments are not something that you can overlook and Oklahoma and Texas is seven and six on the season this year on the road they're 30 and five at home which is why they're in the tournament but they're seven and six on the road which is just not something that you look at and have a whole lot of uh, confidence in what they can do so uh, headed into SEC country and a conference that's crazy about softball I think it's going to be tough uh, it's going to be a tough environment for them they are capable of doing it but at the same time, uh, it's going to be a lot of orange and not necessarily the right shade of it there in Knoxville. So um, I think they're just going to have to stay focused and not let the moment get too big because if they do, uh, Tennessee's plenty good enough to make it hurt. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Uh, Brian Clinton is joining us. You read him all the time on heartlandcollegesports.com, uh, getting you set for Super Regionals in the NCAA softball tournament coming up uh, this weekend. So, uh, Brian, as you look at these three Big 12 teams, what are you predicting when it comes to who gets to the Women's College World Series taking place in Oklahoma City next week? Well, I'm going to go with Oklahoma to make it. I think that they get past Clemson. 
Um, I, and I don't have a whole lot of uh, reserve about that. Oklahoma State, I also am going to pick them to make it. I think that they can take care of business against Oregon. Again, for everybody's going to point to that Wichita State win, but I think the come-from-behind win over Nebraska last weekend is really what signified a turnaround for me. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State over Oregon. I think Texas is going to find the end of the road, uh, unfortunately, in, in Knoxville. I think Tennessee is probably just too good. Uh, but I do think that we get two teams from the Big 12, a quarter of the field uh, from the Big 12 this season with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State making it to Oklahoma City. And as someone who has covered it, someone who has been to it as you have, um, what's what's that scene like down there? I mean, it, we touched on this a little bit last week, but um, that was more tied to the Big 12 tournament. Having uh, the fastest-growing college sport right there in Oklahoma City, I mean, we know it's going to be a heavy OU and, and Oklahoma State crowd, assuming both those teams, if both those teams do get there. But, uh, you know, this is a state that obviously lives and breathes softball. Um, you know, it has one pro sports team we know in the Oklahoma City Thunder. What makes softball different? How unique is that environment um, down there in Oklahoma City, which you are going to be at again next week? Well, I think that with it being the headquarters, this is where USA Softball is located. This is where our national team gets ready for the Olympics. I don't think that it's a coincidence that, that, that the state of Oklahoma is so crazy about softball. But what I think separates the Women's College World Series from the other sports and why it's growing so fast is because there's still this this almost innocence, uh, I guess would be the right word, to the sport of softball. You have superstars and you have fans that are crazy about the team, but it, there, there's not really a whole lot of look-at-me superstar stuff that you see from, from other sports. I mean, the perfect example is LeBron James. Anytime he's on the camera, uh, it's all about him and it's all about what he's doing. And sure, that's great for national, the National Basketball Association, but as far as softball goes, I think the teamwork and the camaraderie and the passion that you see from, from these young women that are playing the sport that they love is what just brings people in droves to Oklahoma City from all over the country to watch because at the end of the day, there's not really any other sport out there that can give you the highs and lows that softball can in one inning. I mean, just look at what Washington did last weekend against McNeese. They're down six runs, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's a 7-6 ball game, and Washington's headed to the next round. You just don't see uh, dramatic changes like that in other sports, and I think that that kind of thing is what happens every year in Oklahoma City, and that's why people come back and they can't get enough of it. Well, we're looking forward to watching this weekend unfold. We will have a ton of coverage up on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. So be sure to go check it out. Um, you'll see plenty from Brian around the website uh, this weekend. And be sure to find his podcast as well, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It is called the Portal Podcast, and it's tied into anything happening in the transfer portal, recruiting world, NIL world. Um, and there's always some softball talk in there as well, especially this time of year. So, Brian, uh, keep up the great work. We appreciate you hopping on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Pete. Thanks for having me. So you're getting set for the Super Regionals. A Memorial Day weekend, of course, is this weekend. Maybe you're going down to the lake, uh, whatever you're doing, sitting on a beach, getting towards that time of year. I know what you need. You know what you need. You need an ice cold drink and you need a koozie to keep that drink cold and guess what we've got free heartland college sports koozies right here for you all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast 
hit the rating and review button. Leave us a five-star rating and review, if you'd be so kind. And um, then send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's all you have to do. It's our way of saying thank you because I know you don't think it really means a lot, but it does. That's how this show grows tremendously, and that's how it's grown tremendously. It's because of you. So take 30 seconds out. Do us a solid. We'd so appreciate that. And then if you want the koozie, we'll get it in the mail for you. So appreciate all you guys do, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Email me, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get those koozies in the mail for you. And also know we're growing our Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. We have uh, shows following Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU. We're growing those. So if you are a fan of any of those teams, we have team-specific podcasts for you. Just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll see this show and, of course, all the other team shows. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.